KYW Original Podcasts. This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. Hey, everybody. I am really excited that a nationally known award-winning civil rights attorney will be in Philadelphia on Monday, October 21st. Benjamin Crump. He is a lawyer who has represented the family of Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, uh, Gotham John, and so many others. These are black men who had been killed by police. Well, he is in Philadelphia to promote his new book called Open Season Legalized Genocide of Colored People. He'll be at WHYY at 6 p.m. Uh, details all you gotta do is search WHYY, the Literary Cafe, and you'll get all the details and can register to attend. Take a listen to my one on one with the one and only Ben Crump. Welcome to Flashpoint. Thank you. I'm so honored to be on your show. Wonderful. So congratulations on your new book. I'm happy you got it done, but I'm really sad you had to write it. Unfortunately, uh, the name is appropriate. Open season, the legalized genocide of colored people. And with this book, I endeavor to try to prevent some of these open season killings, if not all of them, of people of color. That seems to happen continuously, no matter whether we have our hands up, don't shoot, whether we follow instructions, whether we're in our own house sitting, eating ice cream, minding our own business like both of them job. So in this book, we try hard to hold a mirror to America's face and say, America, we can do better. Yeah. And you've been on the front lines. You represented the family of Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, so many others. What is the thread that rings through all of these killings? It is the legalized genocide of people of color when you think about all these things. But, Cherry, when I uh, really started writing this book, it was in the aftermath of Ferguson and the killing of Michael Brown. During the protest, I saw this young man, uh, and he was just fearless. Mm. They had the National Guard out there, and they had their assault rifles aimed at him at center mass. And he was yelling, and he said, go ahead and kill me now with all the cameras here because y'all are going to kill us when they're gone. So kill me now so the whole world can see how you all are killing us. I was just riveted by that statement because he's right. It is important for the world to see how they're killing us, but not just how they're killing us on the streets and these uh, police shootings, but more poignantly, how they're killing us in the courtrooms every day with these trumped-up felony convictions that they continue to give our brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah. I will say one of the things I cover is criminal justice reform, and I they they tease me in the newsroom, call me the jailbreak reporter because I cover a lot of these exonerations. And I've seen black man after black man after black man being released ha- after having done decades behind bars for crimes, heinous crimes that they just did not commit. What is that? That constantly, I mean, it's racism, but it's something more. With this book, we want to make sure that it was not just a tabulation of the victims, but 
how the legalized genocide is possible through a conspiracy of laws, policing, and the governance of institutions that exist in America. Um, in many ways, this book is a continuation of what the great Paul Robeson, uh, who was the most famous African-American in the world at the time, and Debbie B. Du Bois, uh, who was one of the founders of the NAACP and uh, the first black to graduate from Harvard with a Ph.D., and other black leaders did when they went to Paris, France, to the United Nations Convention, and in the aftermath of World War II, where you had all these other war-torn countries um, making petitions of genocide, uh, the black leaders filed the petition we charge genocide for the government killings of Negroes in America. Mm. And they provided uh, empirical evidence based in the 40s of how there were daily killings, lynchings, and raping of Negro people, and that the law promulgated it, that the law did nothing to hold people liable for creating this genocidal situation with Negroes in America. And so they argued the very definition that the United Nations has for genocide, which is an act or acts committed with the intent to destroy and hold or impart a group based on their national, their ethnic, racial or religious identity, they said that America either complicit of or is responsible for this genocidal situation. And I submit it's the same thing today when you see these judges and people say, well, we didn't uh, pass the law, we just have to enforce it, or we don't make the law, we just have to interpret it. It's almost as if they're complicit when you look at the facts that even though black men in America make up only 7% of the population, but yet they make up 50% of the population on death row, where our children keep getting these felony convictions, as you pointed out. One in five black men in states like Florida and Tennessee are convicted felons, and the statistics are very similar in states all across the country. And the experts suggest that if, the trend continues in the next 25 years, one out of every three brothers in America will be a felony conviction. And I know you and your audience know what happens when you become a convicted felon in America. Yeah. Yeah. It, it changes your life and uh, it leaves you on the outside of economic prosperity. And so when you think about this, because a lot of people in the criminal justice system, regardless of race, they're good people. You see, you see judges, especially in Philadelphia, of all races. Uh, you see yes. police officers. So, what is it? Is it bias? Is a, a is it a bias within the people? Is it a bias within the system? Is it that plus more? It, it is implicit bias on every level, uh, but it's the American institutions. You know, uh, your native son Ben Franklin said that the that democracy. Is like two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. You don't have to be a genius to know how that vote is going to go. But he said liberty 
is making sure that the lamb is well armed to protest the vote. So with this book, what we're trying to do is educate and make sure the young lambs who live in colored communities of color are well armed to protest the school to prison pipeline, make sure they're well armed to protest the racist Jim Crow laws like stand your ground, well armed to protest the voter suppression, well armed to protest environmental racism, which will find children in South Central Los Angeles or have a third of the lung capacity as children living in Santa Monica, California. Uh, make sure they're well armed to protest this prison industrial complex where when most people go to prison or put in jail, they are worried about losing their constitutional rights. But when people of color, especially women of color, uh, find themselves in prison, they have to not only worry about losing their constitutional rights, but also losing their reproductive rights. As late as 2014, we uh, document in the book, you had black women and Hispanic women being coerced into forced sterilizations. And uh, as late as 2017, you had a Tennessee judge telling black people, like he told this one brother, we will reduce your sentence by 10 years. Your 12-year sentence will be reduced uh, by 10 years if you just submit to be sterilized. I mean, we're talking about genocide literally and figuratively when you see what the courts have legalized. You know, the judicial branch and the executive branch and the legislative branch, I think all have a part uh, to do with this, whether it's implicit bias, whether they're just being complicit, or I believe in some cases the judicial branch, which I am a part of, we're supposed to be the last protection, the last resort for making sure the injustice does not happen. Yeah. But in many instances, it is the judicial branch itself that promulgates the legalized genocide and the injustice. And that's what we detail in the book and case after case. In case after case. And so I do want to ask you, because we... We have camera phones now, body cams. Are these changing folks for black folks and making it easier for you to do your job? Or is it simply highlighting that there is this massive problem? I think it's doing both. Um, When we think about Trayvon and Michael Brown and Stephon Clark and all these others, after the conviction of Amber Geiger for um, murder in in Botham Jaws case in Dallas, Texas, which was the first time a white policewoman had ever been convicted of murder for the killing of a black man in America, I said uh, that this was a victory not just for Botham Jaws' family, but it was also a victory for Trayvon Martin, for Michael Brown, for Sandra Bland, for Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, uh, Tamir Rice, Terrence Crutcher, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, because with all these cases like Trayvon, it was the number one news story in the world. And what it did was raise the conscious level in America that black lives matter and people were educated. And so I think that played an effect on the outcome of uh, the Botham Jaw trial. 
And then you look at Michael Brown's case, uh, which President Obama, because of what was happening in Ferguson, signed the law uh, allocating $50 million for police officers to get body cam video so we can now see a lot of these atrocities that black people, uh, Sherry, have been saying was going on forever. Black people always talked about how the police were harassing them, wrongfully uh, arresting them, and uh, uh, just uh, brutalizing them. But nobody would believe us until we got to see it ourselves. But even then, that, when you think of Alton Sterling and Terrence Crutcher and Philando Castile, that is no guarantee that you still will get justice. Like the late Johnny Cochran said, it's a journey to justice. So we have to just continue every day, do like Thurgood Marshall, and say, I refuse to be silent. I'm going to fight this racist uh, legal system that, they have told us is a reality and we should just give up. Well, thank God people like Harriet Tubman didn't just give up. People like Ida B. Wells didn't just give up. People like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X didn't just give up. We can change this world. We can make this world a better place for our children. And we first have to speak truth to power. And that's what this book is trying to do. And America has to admit that there is a problem. Yeah. That's step one. That's step one. So, and I will say that Philadelphia has been blessed. We have not had uh, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Botham Jean. We all watch this uh, Tatiana um, Jefferson case. We're going to be watching that. Um, A lot of people are afraid, you know, black woman shot on tape, you know, by police. It's a scary thing. And it just kind of underscores that there is this issue that continues. Um, But as we close this out, I know you go ahead. Let let me say this. I submit. Philadelphia probably haven't had a well-known high-profile case, but I find in every city in America, yeah, they've had those cases. People just have not talked about them enough. I do will say that in our area, we do have a situation recently. Mincy and Fitzpatrick, you probably heard about this, representing families oh, yeah. arrested for loitering in uh, Chester Township. Um, and, yeah, and those are my good friends, and I, I was talking about some strategy, how we deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an issue that's happening here. And the more contact you have with the police, I mean, un- unfortunately, it's it, this could happen. Anything could escalate. So you're going to be in Philadelphia on Monday. I will be. I'm excited to come to the city of brotherly love. So you'll be here at WHYY. You'll have a live event. Uh, people will be able to buy your book. You'll be signing the book, right? I will. And I want to thank uh, you and your audience because. The book was just released on October 15th, but leading up to that, for the last two weeks, Amazon reported that it was the most best-selling pre-ordered book that they had. And so people want to know this information. They want to be conscious. So I'm encouraging everybody to continue making it their book selection for their book club uh, so we can go try to fight for our children. Yeah, and I got final word. Uh, we I did a story this morning on the death of Congressman Elijah Cummings. I'm a Maryland native, and uh, he meant a lot to us. I know he is a fellow attorney, um, yeah. and all of us attorneys, I'm attorney as well, all of us 
black lawyers particularly know each other and help each other. Yeah. Your your comment on on the death of of, of you know Congressman Cummings. Yes, I was uh, on CBS News, uh, being interviewed by Gail King, and they asked me if I would share my photographs with Congressman Elijah Cummings, who I considered as a mentor and a good friend. We were both active members in the National Bar Association, which I'm a former president. Um, and during Trayvon Martin's case, he co-chaired the Congressional Black Caucus Committee on Black Men and Boys and the disparities that they face, not only with being profiled, but also uh, being marginalized and, and uh, employment. And he was just a giant of a man. He was uh, a giant in the government. More importantly, he was a pillar in the community, in our community. And he taught so many of us young brothers and sisters who were lawyers, how to use diplomacy, how to use intellect, and how to deal with uh, things with conflict resolution rather than with uh, failure to communicate. He, as he demonstrated in the highest levels of government, you could uh, disagree without being disagreeable. Uh, We have truly lost one of America's great statesman. We really have. And he was a good, good man, an excellent leader and an activist, you know, using his power to help so many, so many people. And you're doing the same thing. So I want to tell everybody to pick up Open Season, uh, Legalized Genocide of Colored People by Mr. Benjamin Crump. Thank you so much. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 a.m. on your radio dial. And it comes on at 9.30 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 8.30. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast for exclusive content like this extra. You can find us on the Radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, or any podcast flat, uh, platform. All you got to do is search Flash. Point KYW. Until next time, I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Thanks for listening.